Hello and welcome to Almost 30 Podcasts. Hi, my friends. What's happening? Welcome to the show. What's up, everyone? Glad to see you. Glad you're here. Glad we're here with you on your walk or cleaning the house or in the car. Having sex. <laughs> that felt that felt like the maybe the next one. Okay. <laughs> Just kidding. But. So does that add to our like our male listenership? If we yes, <laughs> we have both had a good interview with that that male, that man, that male male, that Ooh. male man, Jonathan. I think. Excuse me. We had an interview. Both of us did an interview on his podcast. He's a male listener. Oh, oh, a few weeks yes. ago. Oh my gosh, Jonathan. Yes, Jonathan. So sweet. We love a man listener. He swiped right on me on that's what it was. A dating app. So we so I got an email a while ago from an amazing male listener. By the way, years ago. This years happened. ago. This happened. <laughs> I replied. We had an exchange. It was like completely I don't even know. It was about business stuff. And then he asked to do interviews of us. And it was in the past couple of weeks. And I did mine separately. Lindsay did her separately because mm-hmm. we actually don't like each other. It's yeah. all fake. Yeah, crazy. So, um, so <laughs> I had, you had yours first and I had mm-hmm, mine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he goes, do you want to know how I found out about you guys? And I was like, sure. And then that's when he said. Yeah, he, a few, I don't even know how many years ago, we were on Hinge and I guess he swiped right. And I don't think I swiped right on him. <laughs> He's actually a little darling. Darling. So sweet, smart, really charismatic, mm-hmm. um, and all the things. And yeah, who knows? But I was like, I was that like, was good so to funny. see you, man. I was like, we need to get back. I was like, we need to be on the apps. If uh, it's going to be good marketing, we need to be I on know. the apps. I I'm, Yeah, I'm down. Actually, you know what's funny is that <laughs> people, I'm, this is, I'm glad I'm not dating, but People when they were they were dating you when you were dating people before Sean would listen and kind of get the vibe. Yes, the guy at Rhythmia. Wait, remind me the old guy. Oh, the old guy. This, okay, you can't. This you old can't guy bring fell in love with guy. Lindsay when we were at doing an ayahuasca retreat. If you're new retreat. to the show, if you're new to the show, but I think we d- we did tell. this. His name was John. His name was John. He was 78 years old. He laid next to me every night of a four-night ayahuasca ceremony. And I think night two, he woke up and I've never seen goo-goo-gaga eyes. Like I've seen John looking at me Mm -hmm. and I knew right away. I was like, oh, fuck. Like he's in love with me and something Mm -hmm. told him in the ceremony. I don't even know. And basically it all of a sudden turned into a scene from high school, which triggers me a little bit. Yeah. Middle school, high school, mm-hmm. where like, he went up to Kristen and was like, has she talked about me? Literally pulled me, me and Lindsay were talking to one another <laughs> and he goes, hey, Krista, can I talk to you? <laughs> I'm, li- I'm literally, literally a, right a there. Plant. I'm like a plot. And he's like, hey, did Lindsay say anything about me? I'm like, no, man. Whoa, he's sorry. like, I was listening to your guys' podcasts for, he started listening when he was there and then he like started following you on Instagram. And he was like, how does someone have that many followers? Um, He's from, I think he's from Minnesota. He has a big And he's like, I know that I'm older. And I'm like, that's the last of it, John. I I was like, the the age is actually not a problem. But with that situation, it's like when you do, ayahuasca is a plant medicine, right? Mm -hmm. But it's like when you are under the influence with a substance. I remember when I first started doing like MDMA, and ecstasy. I was like, I fucking love base nectar. I was like, dude, I literally pre-ordered the base nectar album because I first did ecstasy watching base nectar at Ultra in Miami. I actually do love base nectar. I, dude, I literally, I, I think he's got canceled. Yeah, he did get Something canceled. Something happened. Yeah, yeah, Who knows? yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, I'm not saying 
whatever that statement made you think about base nectar. But I just was like, dude, when you do that shit, you like fall in love with things. Oh, yeah. For sure. Like, wow, this feels Plus, good. I think he was in an... Most people that arrived at Rhythmia were in an incredibly low place in their life. And yes. he, he was one of them and had lost his wife, had turned to just a lot of substances to numb out. Mm-hmm. And I think he was finally <laughs> seeing the light. It's, it's just, it's not funny at all, but we're just going, we're like, we're just experimenting. And I'm also- and everyone's like, I've been a sex addict for 48 years. <laughs> I'm like, dude, um, are we in the right spot? We're just trying to have fun, right? <laughs> and I'm also the first person giving him attention in probably Facts. 10 years. The first person like looking at him in the eyes. Yes, and I listening. was just like, I was being, because I was like, there's no, I didn't even think he would have a crush on me. You're my I know, grandpa. I know, I know, honestly. You're my That was the grandpa. guy that laid next to me. He's like, I, like the second I, he, mm. a few of them were like, oh, we just love laying next to you. You've got good energy. I'm like, yeah, you're like siphoning my energy in a <laughs> perverted way. But anyways, and the one morning on the last day, I'll never forget, he rolled over and goes, I think I might've figured out what my sex addiction came from. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Perfect. <laughs> This is exactly what I... You're like, that's why I couldn't drop in at all. <laughs> Literally, that's why I left and went outside every single night by myself. Oh, So those episodes gosh. are out if you guys want to listen to us doing ayahuasca. We sound disrespectful of the plant, but... Yeah, no, no, Just no, trying no, to laugh no, no. at the situation. Yeah. Sorry, Mother Ayahuasca. <laughs> don't, don't come to us. And don't come get us. It, it was beautiful. It, it, was a, it was a beautiful, gentle yeah. thing for us. Very chill. Yeah, very, very chill. Would you do more ayahuasca? People have asked me that actually a lot, and I'm not, I'm not really called. Mm-hmm. I think mushrooms more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to do some microdosing. Mm-hmm. Same, like um, Olivia from What's the Juice, organic Olivia. She was doing microdosing yep. for a few weeks. She said she really loved it. Justin's done it. I want to try it. Mm-hmm. But it's funny. I keep asking the person that supported Justin in it. I'm like, oh, should I do this? And they were kind of like. No, like it's like mm-hmm. not clear. They're like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so still, Simon's like, nah, fam. <laughs> what else would you do? I would probably cry too much if I did it for a long time. But yeah. I think because when I've done it recently, it's been like tears, mm-hmm. like very crying. I haven't done it in a hot second. Yeah, probably a year. I need it's to felt a little leaky. Yeah. When I've done it, just like crying. Mm-hmm. I think the one night we, everyone was out like in the pool having fun and I was like in bed crying about us. I was like, <laughs> dude, I'm kidding. <laughs> I just was like, oh my God, so many lifetimes. <laughs> I was like, can you even believe it? And I was like, and we're going to lose each other again in another lifetime and we might find each other again. It was like very crazy. <laughs> oh, God. And everyone's like having fun because everyone was doing like MDMA or something. I was yeah. like, wow, I'm going to go. How'd you miss one. out on the MDMA? I did some. Oh, okay. All right. Literally. <laughs> well, I actually don't even know if I did mushrooms. I think I only did MDMA and I ended up crying. Oh, crazy. weird. Never MDMA done. is like, no more. We're done. Yeah, never we're done. We're breaking up. We're breaking up now. Never done, never done. Um, excited. On the podcast today, we have Carly Stein back in the house. Dear friend, Carly is at the wedding. Yes. Carly and her mans were at the wedding. So Oliver, so sweet. Yes, love Oliver. They were at my wedding in May, which was in Cabo. And I was so glad to have Carly. It's interesting because I met Carly years ago with Sev. Mm -hmm. So someone that Lindsay and I mutually know that we mutually knew before we met each other. You probably had met Sev. I met with Sean. So this person that's friends with Justin that also happens to be friends with Sean was his name Sev and he was dating or went on like a date with Carly. And he was like, oh, I think she knows who you are, blah, blah, blah. And so usually I don't 
sometimes I want to meet people and sometimes I don't. Mm-hmm. But this time I was like, I'm going to go meet this girl. She mm-hmm. like knows a lot about um, bees. And so we met at a lunch and I was just like, oh, I love her. She's yeah, cool. She's, she's so fucking cool. smart. She's so smart. So, so, so and smart. And anyone that's down with nature in that way, I'm down. Yeah, and and her story's so interesting. So we did a we did an episode with Carly before and really talked more about her story and but this one is a really interesting update too because Beekeepers has grown so so much. She's taken on investors and you know, we touch on that, but we really talk about kind of like what comes up as you like progress whether professionally and she's also someone who is always learning, growing spiritually um, and self-development wise. And it was just really, really good to talk to her because she has so much support from coaches, therapists, mm-hmm. et cetera, and how she's like putting into practice all of these things and how like, how human parts of her like up-leveling have been within business where she's taken on a ton of investment and now like kind of has to in moments with these very, quote, powerful people because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of money behind it. She's had to really stand by who she is, what Mm -hmm. she stands for, and what she knows is best for the brand, which, you know, you could apply that to many different scenarios. And I think it'll be really helpful for you all to navigate the conversations, Mm -hmm. navigate staying in your body, navigate just, you know, like retaining that confidence when it feels so daunting and so overwhelming. Because to me, she's like, poised beyond. I know. There's something about her that I'm like, do you ever get rattled? And she talks about her anxiety. She has a lot of it. I think it's, I mean, for someone that did beekeeping on the side, grew up in Canada, did beekeeping, and just really grew this business out of a love of bees and a love of the magical properties of Mm -hmm. um, all that bees provide. It's like, it's so weird because that's what happens so much where you're like, I love bees. And Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden you're like, I have investors I need to answer to. It's crazy. And you just, yeah, it's like you want to, it's so crazy because the mission is to bring this to the world to show people the power. And then you're doing all these things that like our world sort of like makes a part of that like mission process. Yes. it's It just blows my mind because I think we see that with so many of our friends that are on mission with whatever that mission is. And then it kind of, you know, veers into this land of like a huge business or mm-hmm. investors or a lot of money or a big team or, you know, all this kind of stuff. But she's someone that I really admire. She really is always, every single time I talk to her, there's like a process she just goes through. She always goes there. Yes. She did a few different things. Hoffman, she did something called Hoffman, Mm -hmm. which a lot of people have done. It's kind of like an onsite that we did and just very much is in the work all the time. And whatever, whether that's plant medicine or whether that's therapy. And I really, really admire that. Yeah. I feel like she really opened up in this episode, whether it was about just kind of like the the really hard moments currently that mm-hmm. she's navigating within the business. She opens up about her relationship. She is engaged now. They are both CEOs. Mm-hmm. So there's like just an interesting dynamic because they're both like very, very opinionated, powerful, and just how they navigate that within their relationship. And then she also gives us a review of like bees 101. Yeah, Because I needed that review. I was like, tell me more. I just love... I mean, like she literally was describing the propolis and how they make a little doormat of propolis when the bees come in the hive so that they like yeah. are... <laughs> they make... What is the it's one? The crazy. bouncer bees? The There's what? bouncer bees? Yeah. That sit outside the hive and like yes. check to see if they're part of... 
the group of bees that yes. live in that hive. And if they're not, they kick them out. Mm-hmm. And the it's funny, like bees generally, the, like, I don't know what you call them, but like the general bees in the mm-hmm. hive live for like six weeks. Mm-hmm. The queen lives for a few years and she is only eating the royal jelly. Mm-hmm. That's why they call it royal jelly. That's one of the super, like super parts of the hive that she has in her products. But it's just crazy how she's been able to like translate those parts into things that are like supporting immunity, mm-hmm. health, focus, all these things. I love the cough, mm-hmm. the cough syrup. So there's like a really beautiful cough syrup that they have. I love the immune spray. I have the immune spray in oh, every yeah. single purse that mm-hmm. I have. And then the um, the bee pollen, I put in all my oatmeal. I put in my shakes. Sometimes you'll see I just like chug. <laughs> Sometimes I'll just like chug bee, like those little bee pollens, but it's so good for immunity. It's great for your health. It's something mm-hmm. that Lindsay and I really, really love and stand by, especially because it's super natural. So um, huge fans of all of their products. Yeah, beekeepersnaturals.com is where you can go to grab the lozenges, the cough syrup, the spray. All of these things are all natural, super yummy. She's obsessed with quality. You don't have to worry about that. Mm -hmm. She was describing some of her processes to me. I'm like, what? She has beehives in the middle of nowhere so that, because bees pollinate in a five mile Mm -hmm. radius. So she has to be careful about pesticides. She she literally has all of her hives in the middle of nowhere. Um, She has a new product out. I just wanted to mention um, Bee Biome. It's great. Uh, It has a formula that's really very progressive um, in gut health. So we talk about that in this episode as well. Yeah, it's a propolis powered gut capsule. And I know that she's had issues with her gut and with digestion. So I saw the actual effects on her Instagram of her before mm-hmm. taking this and after. So I definitely know that this works. So get their bee pollen, get their brain fuel, get their superfood honey. We are such huge fans of Beekeepers Naturals and have been for so long. Yeah, beekeepersnaturals.com slash almost 30. We got a discount for you on there. Harley, thank you. Thanks thank for you, coming babe. on the show. We will see you all soon. Enjoy this one and we'll see you on the other side. See you soon. Major announcement from Almost 30. We are hosting Space Camp on January 28th. This is our favorite event of the year. Camp Almost 30 has gotten a little bit of a rebrand because we were feeling like, I think we're ready to really go there (laughs) with our community. So we are welcoming guests who we feel have really taken us to a whole other planet in our interviews and in our conversations with them. So guests like Brie Melanson, she is going to be doing a workshop on psychic development, find and tap into your gifts. She is a teacher and channel and one who has really been such a support and teacher for Krista and I throughout the years. We are welcoming Jordan Younger. So she is going to help us find our galactic Origins. She is the podcast host of the Balanced Blonde podcast. She's an author. She's a spiritual teacher. We're also welcoming Lee Harris, who recently was on the podcast in a two-part episode, and he is going to channel the Z's live for us. How special. He does not do this often, so we feel very, very, very lucky. And we will also be welcoming Sandra Walter. So she is going to be teaching on Ascension 101, the crystalline grid and higher realm support. She is so special. She's a light worker and teacher and has been on the podcast. 
And Kristen and I are going to be sharing a very, very, very special experience, heavenly coated Reiki infused sound bath. And I'm excited for you all to join us. So this is happening on January 28th from 10 to 2 p.m. PST. Make sure you sign up. Space is limited, but it's absolutely free absolutely free. We're excited to welcome you. And this is the kickoff to membership opening. So membership is going to be open indefinitely now. So you can join membership for six months at a time and really, really focus uh, and support your growth. It is our favorite place to just come and be ourselves and really get super intimate with you all, more intimate than on the podcast. So I'm excited for you all to join the membership. But Head to almost30.com slash space dash camp. That's almost30.com slash space dash camp. Space dash camp. <laughs> Say that 30 times. Almost30.com slash space dash camp to sign up for camp. Absolutely free. We will see you on January 28th. In these types of moments, I feel so lucky to um, be in the business that I'm in and meeting people like you to witness one another along our journeys of yeah. growing businesses and impacting the world in the ways that you have. And and I just feel really lucky. I don't take enough time to pause and be like, wow, this is so rad. Like just talking before we started about investors and a mega rebrand and new products that you're super excited about that are just like very, very innovative and doing trials and scientific research. or It's just kind of wild because I remember just gnawing on the honey sticks during our interview <laughs> being like, this is amazing. But like, no. <laughs> how does it feel like when you look back at your beginnings, like what does it feel like to look back at your beginnings from where you are now? Well, first of all, thank you. I feel the exact same way watching you guys. I'm I'm like a full-blown listener all the oh, time. It's so thanks. funny because I like, I'll like call Krista and be like, hey, I just listened to you for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, how did it feel? <laughs> you uh -huh. guys are doing amazing things. Thank you. But yeah, when I look back, it's really important to look back and spend more time doing that because I'm, a, I'm so like type A and focused on the next goal and um, especially as the company grows and I have a team and I have investors and there are new benchmarks. It's really easy to get caught up in that. But the mission has remained the same. Like It's just to make stuff that helps people. And when I'm getting really anxious, when I'm getting really overwhelmed, when something doesn't work exactly the way I anticipated, I am able to come back to that and be like, it's okay. It's all good. Like whatever happens with this company from here on out, I've helped some people feel better. So that's what I set out to do. <laughs> yeah. Because there will always be more benchmarks. Yeah. Always, 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 and always be more goals. And especially as you build a team and your company becomes this huge entity with a lot of responsibility to that team, mm -hmm. to now investors, to the public, it's like, you can't ignore the benchmarks and the goals. So how do you how do you approach kind of like the next big thing? Like how do you keep perspective? How do you stay well? 
Because <laughs> sometimes like in the pursuit of my goals, I've gotten very unwell, mm-hmm. um, both physically and mentally. So how do you really check yourself in that way and stay close to you? Because I think in the pursuit of our goals, we can really overdo it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Out of fear. I kind of, I don't know if this will make sense, but I kind of stay close to me by getting outside of myself. Mm. When when the benchmarks and the goals become too focused on my success and my doing this for this, or that's when I get really overwhelmed. But when I'm able to be like, to look at my customers, to connect mm. with my customers, sometimes it's as simple as like reading our reviews or going into the beekeepers Instagram and reading the exchange or talking to our customer support team and like literally jumping in and responding to people once in a while. That is what keeps me grounded and kind of on track because I'm so hard on myself and it's really easy if I just am looking at a spreadsheet or an interaction with my investors or an interaction with my team or, you know, sales data from Mm. one of our from Target or Whole or one of our retailers, if I if I kind of like personalize it, I, I'm just sort of quantifying myself, mm. and I have to remember like this company is much bigger than me. It's you know I have to remind myself like it's narcissistic to even think that the success of this company is my success. Like it's just like it's coming back to the mission mm. and forgetting about how I play into that mission, but just being in service of the broader mission. When I get too granular, it gets really hard. I also am somebody who really struggles with anxiety. That's mm. a reality of my life. It always has been. You know, the last year has been, it's been more pronounced for sure. I think being a CEO um, is a high, it can be a high stress endeavor if you allow it to. And so how I work on that is by not getting too granular with like how I performed, how mm. my performance was, making the company's performance my performance, but making the company's mission just something that I'm in service of. I'm just a part of this thing that's much bigger than me and all I can do is my best. Mm-hmm. Have you always... Um, I do want to talk about, and we talked about this in our previous interview with you. So anyone listening, please go and listen to that. But I do kind of want to refresh because oftentimes I'll tell stories about like the past and tell it differently because I'm a different person now. So Mm -hmm. it would actually be cool to talk about when you made that pivot from corporate America, from finance specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you always have this like feeling or knowance or confidence around leading leading the entity and leading the team of something as big as beekeepers? Or was that something that was like kind of learned along the way as you were immersing yourself in something that you were so passionate about? Absolutely learned along the way. Yeah. I did not ever think I would be leading a team. Oh my gosh. Um, I did not have the confidence where I even was certain that anything would work. I mean, Mm -hmm. no one can ever be certain about something like that. But it's something I learned along the way. And, you know, I learned it by... The the more that I do, the more... Every time I get into a situation that's really challenging for me and I come through it, my confidence builds. Like Mm -hmm. that is the way I have built confidence in my life. 
Not to say that you need to experience hard things, but challenging things. And challenging can be beautiful. It's not you know, inherently bad at all. The most brilliant experiences in my life have been very challenging. Yes. Um, so every time I go through something challenging, I become more confident in, in my capability to endure, experience, react, create from it. Um, a lot of what I think about now is with any sort of pain or challenge I experience, how can I turn that to art? That's a conversation I have with my coach all the time. Mm-hmm. But how can how can we create from those places? Mm-hmm. So just being really productive with that. But I, I always knew, I mean, I struggled with my health and I was able to radically change my health when I incorporated propolis into my routine. And when I started when I started beekeeping and using these different products, that's how I healed. And so, you know, from the very beginning before beekeepers was beekeepers, I, I did have this like certainty, this like really strong need to share that. And when I was in corporate America, when I was working at Goldman, I had a great job, but it was very, it just didn't feel authentic. Mm-hmm. And I'm very driven by authenticity. Mm-hmm. No matter how good it is, if it's or good on paper it is, if it's not me, I feel so uncomfortable. Um, so I was driven by those two things. I was driven by pursuit of my purpose. I was driven by solving a problem that had hurt and affected me for so many years that I know other people are challenged by. I was driven by frustration, by my frustration with the medicine industry, by, you know, over-the-counter medicine, by pharmaceuticals, my frustration with the wellness industry. And yeah, I mean, I was just really, I, I really felt that I very fortunately stumbled upon these different mm-hmm. products that had such an impact for me. And it was sort of my duty to share them. Yeah. Can you speak to, before we get into the, just the incredible power of these natural products, I want to talk about the wellness industry and just kind of what were you were seeing and frustrated mm-hmm. by and just the, you said the, med, not the medical, but like more of the pharmaceutical side and how there isn't, and I'm curious, this is the question, like there isn't this balance of talking about, wow, there are so many natural remedies that have been used for Mm-hmm. thousands of years mm-hmm. <laughs> that actually work. So why aren't we talking about it? So can you articulate those frustrations that you were seeing? Or yeah. Experiencing? So I had a really interesting experience myself. So I'm autoimmune. I had chronic tonsillitis. Mm-hmm. I was always sick and I'm allergic to most strains of antibiotics. So I had something acute forever that affected my life in a meaningful way. And I couldn't find resolution. I saw every mm. specialist and you know, I did everything on the natural side, everything on the traditional Western side. And I, I was just really frustrated. So that was kind of the start of it. I think a lot of people are, they feel very isolated in their health issues because they have symptoms and they go in for testing and they're fine. And you know, it, it's a frustrating experience when you don't feel well. So just living in that paradigm for many years lit a real fire in my belly to solve this for other people and for myself. Um, It started with just solving it for myself. Um, I'm not going to pretend that I was like out there to be everyone's savior. I really just (laughs) wanted to fix it for myself. That's how this all started. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when I did start my career in finance, I started in pharmaceutical research. So I was Mm. doing a ton of work just understanding basically how drugs get approved. That was like kind of the core of it. 
Um, and so that gave me a really interesting perspective. And then again, with my own experience, with my autoimmune, with my intolerances, I had turned to wellness many times over. And the wellness industry is... I'm obsessed with it. I work in the wellness industry. I run a wellness company. There is so There are so many incredible things. There is so much history there. There's also it's also confusing. There's a lot of stuff that doesn't work. There's a lot of stuff that's buzzworthy. There's a lot of stuff that works for some bodies and not yours. So I just I felt like everything was kind of isolated, and it, I just felt like health and wellness. It still is kind of polarizing. It's like Eastern versus Western, medical versus natural, MD versus ND. Like it's just. And, and the truth is, at least from my perspective, all of these perspectives, all of these opinions, all of these experiences matter. Mm-hmm. We can't discount history. We cannot discount learnings from modern science. We can't discount you know, all of the beautiful resolution that can come from our earth. And we can't discount um, you know, great, great invention and creation in you know, the world of Western medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want something that includes all perspectives and that is accessible for the broadest demographic possible, knowing that we're all different, knowing that everything works differently in everyone's body. How can I make something that is going to have an impact for the broadest population possible that's absolutely science-based, that's taking Western perspective into account, that's not discounting all of the incredible advancement, but also looking at our history, looking at what has worked for thousands of years, what's working now in different populations that's maybe not conventional in North America, but you know, is, is serving other people in different areas. So my goal was to create a wellness company that really prioritized all perspective and was science first. So mm-hmm. our goal is you know, to make science-based products with natural ingredients. And that's what we do. I'm just thinking about like the mosaic of your life that has come together so, so perfectly from my perspective, but like at Goldman doing pharmaceutical research, having this autoimmune condition, having chronic chronic tonsillitis, taking that trip to Italy, which I know you mentioned in our first interview where, um, or Europe, where you first found propolis, Mm -hmm. just all of these pieces coming together. And, you know, I don't know if everyone has kind of the awareness and courage to like take all of these experiences and use them as kind of guideposts to the next thing. Was it that clear for you? No, no, no. Okay, okay. (laughs) Not to quote Steve Jobs as I'm wearing my black turtleneck, but you like, you really, it's easy to connect the dots looking backwards. Yes. I was, oh my gosh. Not, none of that was clear. I mean, I, I spent so much time, and again, this is like part of my anxiety journey, but so much time kind of spiraling and being like, what am I doing? I mean, I was having panic attacks regularly when I was at Goldman because I was like, yeah. I have this great job. Why am I not happy? Mm-hmm. Everyone else is crushing it. Everyone like thinks this is good. And then, you know, with my health too. I but spent- does everyone think it's good? Do you know what no, I mean? No, no, no. But like you tell yourself <laughs> yeah, these yes. stories, right? You tell yourself, everyone's going to think I'm a failure the second I do this. I'm like, mm-hmm. no one gives a shit. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, none of it was clear. It was all just kind of like trying the best. Some of it was like pretty reactive. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, with my health stuff, a lot of like those 
there were many years. I didn't find bee products and start beekeeping until I was 21. So I was like struggling with my health my entire youth, really. And again, you know, I am fortunate that nothing was life-threatening and mm-hmm. all of that, but it, it altered my daily experience and it was, it was a frustration and I worked really hard to solve it and I kept hitting walls, which was just mm. annoying to say the least. Yes. So um, in that, there were like so many times where I felt really defeated, but I mean, yeah, I, I've had so many moments where I feel super defeated. I feel like, what do I do? I don't know what, where to turn. I don't know what to do, but you just kind of have to believe that something good is going to happen or tell yourself that or lie to Mm -hmm. yourself or whatever it takes and then get kind of quiet for some period of time and observe and then make the next moves. And that's just like how that's like the only playbook I have. Yeah, for sure. No, I feel, yeah, the, if you're able to connect the dots looking back, I do think that creates a little bit more trust and faith moving forward. Mm -hmm. So and also attunes us to like connect the dots in the moment if we can. You yeah. know, I feel like it it really just it sharpens our awareness of like, oh wow, okay, this could be something that I talk about one day as like the starting point for the next thing. Cause it feels it kind of has that like resonance to it. So yeah, I love that. And I just I love the the point of getting quiet. You know, I feel like in what both of us do, we do move so quickly. And mm-hmm. there is so much going on at every single point in the process. And I think the ability of someone like you, a CEO of a company, to take quiet time is fascinating to me because I'm like, they must be just booked, booked and busy all <laughs> day. But what is your... And this is for really anyone who feels kind of busy, overworked, pulled in a million different directions. Like, how do you find that quiet? What does that look like? And how do you like come back to that intuitive knowing? We were talking before this just about, you know, as you grow bigger, you have other influences kind of like pressuring you or, you know, guiding you in other ways that might not be what your intuition says. So what do those quiet moments look like? Yeah. So really quick, I just want to say something about the connecting the dots. Mm -hmm. Something I want to encourage everyone to do because it's possible that someone's listening to this and I seem like I have it together because my I have an awesome company and I do have an awesome company. (laughs) I'm obsessed with my company. but, um, But it's really easy to look at people at a point in time. Um, and also not getting the full picture, but at a point in time and think that they have it all sorted out. And it was yeah. easy for them to connect the dots and you've got this going on and these different things. And um, what I would encourage people to do in that moment, and this is something I do myself, just to get a little Joe Dispenza here, but think about connecting the dots moving forward. Like what would be the best dots? What's the best possible outcome here? What, mm. like, what do you want to happen next? Forget what's realistic. Just like, what do you want to happen next? And try to really get closer to that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not in like an outlandish, I want to win the lottery and like be on a yacht trip tomorrow away, but like, ooh, it would be really good if I got this job. And if I didn't, maybe I could get this other job. Like Mm -hmm. just picture it. And yeah, that that's a really great tool because nobody I have not really met anyone that has a crystal ball and feels like totally secure and serene in the moment. But, but yeah, opening so. up the field of 
possibility. Yeah. It's like, because oftentimes we just think about, well, if it doesn't happen. It's easy to go there. Mm-hmm. Like it's so much easier for yeah. me to think about worst case scenario. What if this doesn't happen? What if I mess this up? And I can literally waste hours going sure. there. It's a lot harder to go to that place of like, what if it all worked out? What if I actually do get this? Okay, and if I don't get this, what if I got this, which would be even better? Mm-hmm. So really pushing yourself to do that and recognizing that it doesn't feel natural. It feels weird and hard and like silly. Mm, I love um, that point. It's yeah. important to do. But in terms of how I cultivate quiet, that's hard for me because I have a real addiction to being constantly busy. Mm-hmm. I do work pretty long hours, but that's also who I am. Like I, I like yeah. doing a lot. It's so funny. I'll try to, I'll be like, this Saturday, I'm doing nothing. And then like, I'm running around to like 60 different appointments and my partner's like, what What the hell? I thought you were like relaxing today. He'll be like, can you pick this up for me? And I'll be like, no. Cranial sacral at two. Saturday. Yeah, I'll find like wellness. Literally, I will do that. I'll be like, I'm going to a sauna. How do I have time for that? You have to get the groceries. Like, yeah. <laughs> they got to get a hip to it. Okay. Yeah. It's ridiculous. But um, so what I what I try to do is, I mean, meditation's huge. Meditation's tough for me because I'm so in my head, but I make an effort to do that every day. Um, Gratitude lists are major for me. And there are certain people who, you know, my best friends, my family, I can just get quiet time there, getting into nature. I mean, all Mm -hmm. all the typical stuff that you hear, but really doing it intentionally. I have to be really intentional. Otherwise, I'll, you know, go sit in Central Park and take like 30 calls, you know? So just being really intentional about it. But a big thing for me that I have to ask myself all the time is, does this feel good or does this feel familiar? Because busy for me Mm. feels familiar. Stressed for me feels familiar questioning myself and ruminating and worrying about a decision I made or what could go wrong feels familiar. It does not feel familiar to to have everything be easy. It does not feel familiar for me to spend time thinking about the beautiful potential future and everything going right. And so Mm. I have to like kind of push myself to do that. But it's a really good kind of gut check for people like, what I'm doing, what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking right now, does this feel good or does it just feel familiar? Because we always think like, oh, I just do that or I have to do this. But you really, like there's nothing you just do. You're, you choose to do everything you do. And I don't believe that people are just a certain way. Like we have agency, so. Yeah, I love that. That puts me in my body. Like the the familiarity piece, usually it's like, oh, my nervous system's like, yeah, we're just, yeah. if we're like high strung, we like to be in high strung mm-hmm. situations. So it kind of finds like an equal frequency. But yeah, good. It's it's funny to think about something feeling good and having that be a little bit of a foreign, uncomfortable feeling. Mm-hmm. I felt that on a Saturday where we have nothing planned, me and Sean. And, and he's felt this too, because he's used to going, going and doing, doing. Or we're just relaxing on the couch. And there is this like kind like of stressed. weird twitch <laughs> yeah. where you're just like, 
all right, I'm going to go work for an hour. I'm going to go do yeah. some emails or I'm going to blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's like, how dare I be whoa. on this couch on a Saturday? Like I'm always, yes. I'm like guilty when I'm relaxing. It's so interesting. And I've just been like observing myself because I don't think it's bad to have a Saturday of appointments that make you feel good. Yeah. Like I, I love that. But I'm also noticing when I am really quiet and I'm resting and why I feel the need to grab my phone, why I feel the need to be productive or go do something. Is it because, again, that's familiar? Is it because I need to check those boxes and at the end of the weekend feel like I did something? Because once I get over the hump of it feeling uncomfortable and it starts to feel, oh, this this really does feel good Mm -hmm. and I can make this feel familiar, lots opens up. Yeah. A lot opens. Yeah. It's it's like I feel more connected to him. I feel sexier. It's like weird. It like mm-hmm. opens up the body. Totally. I feel more creative. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm having thoughts and or ideas come in that like have been orbiting well, and now they're landing. It's also like you're feeling mm. because we do one, we're constantly distracted. It's so easy to be like, I have to do this. I have to do this. I'll get this done. I'll get like, you can just distract from your feelings. And this is another thing for me that's a big practice right now is just like feeling my feelings because I can be very, I'll be like, Mm -hmm. I used to like chalk up any feeling I have as like, I'm not going to be mopey. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to get this done. Distraction this. And it's hard to sit with your feelings. But when you do... They either pass and you're like, wow, I don't need to worry about that so much. It's not that big a deal. (laughs) Or it opens up something amazing, like Mm. a new way of connecting to your partner or something really creative or solving some problem. But sitting with feelings, like we kind of live in a society that trains us not to sit with our feelings. And I think the conversation for a long time was like, oh, you're emotional. Mm. Don't show that feeling. Be strong. and Especially in the worlds that you've been in. Mm -hmm. In like corporate, finance, a place like Goldman. And then even now, even though it's your own company, it's like, I can imagine. And I've had these moments where I'm like, I feel like I can't really show everything or feel everything right now because I got to hold it together for the team. Mm -hmm. Totally. You know, does that, is that something that you've struggled with and want to like remodel for people? Yeah. So I very consciously try to lead with vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Like I've cried. I mean, I cry. I've My entire team, I think, has seen me crying. Mm. Like when we do our team retreats, I'm always crying, but I'm just like, someone will say something and I'm just like so touched by it. Yeah, like, totally. um, but yeah, I, I've, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, I want to, you know, create a safe space for everyone on my team to yeah. feel their feelings because none of that is wrong. And again, we can make art from all of these things. We can find good things from releasing like what's inside us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really prioritize in my leadership vulnerability, again, like really showing and communicating the emotions I'm feeling. Also radical candor, really, mm-hmm. you know, being honest, like super honest. It was not always easy for me to do that, um, especially as my team's grown. And I have, you know, most of my, a lot of my team members are older than me and have bigger careers and career experiences than I do. And so I was like, oh my gosh, how do I manage these people? I'm like a little girl. <laughs> like, who's mm, going to listen to me here? Yeah. And uh, being really candid. I mean, I have a team member who has had a wildly successful career who I really look up to and I'm so fortunate to have on my team. And I was like, 
hey, I felt I, I, he was going through something with me. We ended the call. And then I called him back an hour later and I was like, hey, I know on that last call I said I got it, but I, I don't got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I didn't actually understand what you were saying and I felt really embarrassed. And he was like, so he's like, you don't have to do that in front of me. But it, it created a wow. closeness. Yeah. And the word, it's, it's difficult. Like I'm such an emotional person. So I have to also, you know, have my own boundaries and all of that. But it's really amazing to work in a place that's truly collaborative. And I think to be truly collaborative, you have to allow people to be mm-hmm. honest and emotionally expressive. If mm-hmm. you're silencing that part of yourself in the workplace, then a lot, I think a lot less is going to be created and there's a lot less connection. And there's just like a lot left on the table as humans. Yes. The other thing is like, what Beekeepers Naturals does is we're trying to build products to help people feel better, to help mm. actually impact people's health. So I don't want a single person at my company <laughs> repressing anything. Like I want people to be really honest and feeling and you know honest about their opinions with each other. I just think from that place we can create in such a stronger way. I mean, I look at you and Krista and you guys absolutely model that. Yeah, but it you know we've learned by doing. It's like we've learned by not communicating. We've learned by holding it in and not expressing ourselves. And I really think in the last two years, there's been a huge shift because one, we're doing this for the first time, just like you, like running a company. And we're like, oh, wow. Like every day there's newness. There's mm-hmm. every day that we're doing something we've never done before. And I think for a while we were like, well, we don't want anyone to see the vulnerability in that. We don't want anyone to see the what we might have uh, labeled as a weakness in that because we're their leaders. We don't want them to see that. And time and time again, when we've been just really honest with the team, you know, about anything really, it's you could feel the deep breath, the collective deep breath of like okay, you know, I don't have to be perfect either. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, we are also very, very open and vulnerable about how passionate and committed we are to what we do. And we expect that from people who are on our team, you know? So I think it goes both ways in that we want, just like you, we want everyone to like be fully themselves. We want them to do their job really well. And I think what allows people to do their jobs really well, especially if they're passionate about it, is if they can be themselves mm-hmm. and not just fit into the mold that we're like, hey, can you be like this yeah. in order to be on this You team? don't want anyone clocking in or clocking out Mm-mm. in any career, but like yes. in one where you're creating and connecting. Yes. No, no. Has that been challenging in your, in your romantic partnership with your partner? Have you been able to kind of take what you're learning as a CEO, the communication, the vulnerability, and been able to apply that within your relationship? Or has that always been there? We definitely work on it. So we're both CEOs. I know. <laughs> I was going to drop that, but I'd let you drop it. That was a lot of, a lot of opinions in one house. Um, but <laughs> kind of amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, and so different yet kind oh, of yeah. within the same, you know, it's, it's similar, but different. Yeah, no, it's, it is. And we are so similar, but so different. Like mm-hmm. he's an extrovert. I'm an introvert. Just like, so it's really interesting. But I think, you know, we, we both know what it's like to work through things mm. and we bring that perspective to our relationship. And so nothing's scary. Nothing's, yeah. you know, 
beyond this. Like our love is more important and bigger and stronger than any challenge that could could come up. Um, but communication is something we actively work on. It was not, it was not easy in the beginning. I mean, we had we've just like had moments where we've had to really grow because he's used to an environment where his idea is the one everyone executes on. And so am I. And like, if we have different ideas, which idea are we going with? And, mm-hmm. you know, you know, so just working through that and what working on our communication actively and working on just openly communication, vulnerably communicating. Um, it's just like strengthened our friendship. Like mm-hmm. we just have like such a partnership yeah. in every way. Um, and I think, you know, that will, I hope be a tool that we use when we have children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that friendship piece, like we've heard it, you know, to be friends with your with your partner. But I think I've experienced that where I'm like, oh, wow, we are really friends too. Mm-hmm. Like we have these moments that feel more like a friend would a support a friend, whether it's after a hard day of work. You know, there is that like love, but there's just kind of this witnessing and yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm not I'm not getting as like emotionally invested all the time as I normally would yeah. and I think it's healthy. Cuz it's like a trust. It's like yes. we're in this together. Yes. So if you do something that super offends me in that moment, I'm I'm not like questioning your entire yes. motives and your, you know, state of being or anything. Mm-hmm. It's it's like we are working on something together and this is just an obstacle that we have to work through and mm-hmm. these, you know, little teeny tiny communication issues that cause any sort of conflict that happened to like everyone in yes. normal life, those become just like nothing, like non-issues. Mm. Like you're able to just kind of glide. And I think that's the beauty of a relationship is it's just, it's building a life together. It's, mm. And that's, you know, what building anything is, building a career, building a company, building a friendship, like you're engineering something with another person. Mm. I read a really interesting book recently and it was talking about I'm going to find the book for you later. I'm actually going to get it for you because it's like really, really beautiful. It's these oh, short that. essays. But there was an essay on on friendship and it mm-hmm. was talking about how forgiveness is the key part of friendship and to be a friend and to have a relationship with somebody through life, whether mm-hmm. it's a romantic relationship, a parent-child relationship, any sort of partnership. It's just to forgive again and again and to see who that person is. And it was just really lovely. Mm. And I... I- I feel like the self-forgiveness too in a, oh, in a relationship yeah. is so important because mm-hmm. I think that's like the most important, I the think. The most important. Yeah. Because I feel like sometimes I would default to not forgiving myself and really beating myself up mm-hmm. and like the other person had already forgiven me and, and we're moving on yet. I'm still kind of like... Yeah, I do that too. In that little cycle because mm-hmm. that's easier. Yeah, it is easier. It's easier. <laughs> it's familiar. It's like, it feels productive. It's mm-hmm. like, ooh, I'm... I'm you working know, on something. Yeah, I'm punishing myself. And yes. it's like, that is not productive. Yes. By the way, I still think it's hilarious that I met Sean before I met you. So funny, y'all. <laughs> I was waiting for that to come up. Yes. Sean like, and I were at Goldman together. <laughs> <laughs> He's still there. I know that what you're saying about just authenticity, because I, I find Sean to be super authentic to who he is. And in that environment, it's hard. Yeah. It's really hard. So, you know, that's all I'll say about that uh, on his behalf. But it's just as his partner, you know, I, 
I really have a lot of compassion because one, I don't know what it's like to be in that type of environment. I've never been in a corporate setting working wise, but there are so many opportunities to uh, abandon yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, but I trust, yeah, I trust that. And I've felt this across many industries about our generation that we are here to really do it different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? Well, that's what you guys are doing. You're creating, you know, with all of your conversations, space to do it differently. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting for me because I am so fortunate where I get to work with people like you guys. Mm -hmm. I get to work with people like you. I get to hear your perspectives. Like every conversation I have with you, I'm learning so much, whether it's being recorded or not. Uh, And then I get to go from there to you know, a boardroom or a meeting where maybe there's space for that, but maybe there isn't. Mm -hmm. And so what I focus on in these different environments where people maybe aren't as receptive or open or just, you know, aren't on the same Mm -hmm. level that I'm on or communicating in a way that I like to be communicated with. Mm -hmm. um, I always think about like, how can I change the temperature in the room Mm. with how I'm responding to this? And it's a lot of like, you know, you can take a lot of air out of, a statement by by accountability, just being like, you know, I I say this whenever mm. somebody's being really aggressive with me, I'm like, I hear you, because that's all anyone really wants is to be heard. But yeah, I think about like in these different settings, and then what's the ripple effect of that? If somebody's like, you know, I have some aggressive interactions sometimes. It's part of life. I can uh, imagine. <laughs> I can imagine. Uh, yeah, can I you had... give me an example, not necessarily of an aggressive interaction, but how you're able to t- change the temperature? Because mm-hmm. I think this is really important for yeah. everyone because it's taking that responsibility, but mm-hmm. it's also not playing into a maybe a uh, traditional power dynamic. Yeah. It's hard to not play into those power dynamics because oh, they're, yeah. they're expected. And like, again, it's about like, it kind of sometimes feels more normal mm. to respond to that or play into that power dynamic. And so you have to like really go in with intention. So when I'm going yes. to have hard conversations, I mean, I had a really hard conversation not too long ago. Um, there's a lot of shit. There's a lot of supply chain issues right now. Sure, You know, we... We source internationally. We're working, you know, we have beekeepers in Brazil. We have beekeepers in Spain. Wow. You know, we work with people in different geographies for different things because we like to work with the best in the world and we like to work with the most sustainable, which means we're, you know, going all over the globe here. Mm-hmm. Um, and with COVID, there's a lot of supply chain issues. So like I have, I had an issue where I had, you know, a huge amount of stuff that we needed um, stuck on a ship and just wasn't getting off. And there was like not really any accountability and, you know, wasn't being prioritized. And what it did is it meant we weren't able to show up for a very important account of ours to the tune of like many, many, many hundreds of thousands of things were not Mm. delivered. Wow. Um, and so I had to deal with that. And, you know, it was, someone came at me with like a lot of frustration, a lot of anger and, you know, saying things that I didn't appreciate that definitely didn't feel good to me that absolutely pinged my ego. Because like every time someone says something mean to you, you're like, are they right? Of course. It's like, mm-hmm. I say that to myself. So maybe they're right. <laughs> um, so I had to really just be like, I completely hear and appreciate you. And I can't begin to imagine how much of this has affected your business. 
like, are you seeing this with other clients? Like, are you seeing this with other customers? Are you seeing this? Mm -hmm. And I started asking and it just totally changed the conversation. Then all of a sudden he was like venting to me. And then I was like, well, I totally hear that. We're going to do our best because we really want to prioritize your business. You're so important to us. So it's just kind of like really having someone feel seen and really understanding their experience. And it's hard to do that. And I don't, that was an example where I did it well. Sometimes I'm like, what an asshole? How dare you? I'm like raising my voice back, but I really try not to go there. Um, I also had a situation with investors. You know, I have an unbelievable investor network. I'm really fortunate to have great relationships there. But as the company grows, you know, there's sometimes differ, there's different opinions. Mm And ultimately, like this is my company and my vision, my team. And I have to do a really good job of holding true to that and holding strong and protecting, you know, my vision and my people and, you know, being assertive while also learning and listening and, you know, dealing with a sort of profile of person, not to generalize, but like Mm -hmm. a lot of people who are in the investor world are there because they've created something exceptional, exited, have a ton of money and you know that this is what they do now. So they have a ton of opinions based on their own experience that don't necessarily hold true in today's environment, in today's market, you know, not with the specific different radically different companies, teams, founders, all of that. So um, you know, that's something where I really have to practice this. I really have to be accountable. I really have to communicate my intention and something I do there is like, I really communicate my intention. Mm-hmm. I really, I'm, I'm super accountable. I say, I hear that you would have rather done it this way. I hear that you want to do it this way. My intention with you, you sort of like say your overall goal, like my goal with this company is this. And it's like, that's cool. your goal we share too. That. We share it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're on the same team here, guys. Let's remember. Mm-hmm. So my goal is this. I firmly believe based on, you know, all of these data points, all of these interactions, that this is the best course of action. I think that it is the best thing for my team and my company to go down that road. If you have advice for me as I go down that road, I would love to receive that. Mm. And if I get that wrong, I'll be fully accountable and here's how I'll pivot. And so it's just kind of like troubleshooting, but also being really clear and reminding everyone like why you're even in this conversation. Because if you're in a conversation with someone, there's like something mutually Mm -hmm. beneficial, hopefully. So that's kind of how I do it. But it's really, it, it can be really hard to come out of certain conversations when you're an anxious person. And, you know, we all, to some degree, I think, to really not second guess yourself and be like, did I do that right? Like, what if what they said was right? And Mm -hmm. it's really tricky. And it's just like, I think everything is just going back to like, what is in service of your mission that you first set out to do? Mm -hmm. And can I just like, get quiet enough to get close to that? And if I can't right now, like who can I call or who can, or how can I get there? Yeah. And what I'm hearing is like the... Because I think when money's involved, goals are involved, all of these things are involved, we forget the relationship piece. Mm-hmm. And like, I think the way in which you're diffusing and or just kind of taking the tension out of a moment 
is really shining a light on the relationship, meaning like seeing this person as a person, not just as like an executor of tasks or a leader of this. It's like this person is a person. And I think in my experience, when I've been able to just like breathe into the fact that this person most likely is projecting something onto me and it has really nothing to do with me in a lot of ways, I'm able to like kind of separate from the emotion. I'm able to like be in my own body. I don't leave. I stay. (laughs) And I'm able to just go moment by moment with this person rather than racing ahead and being like, how dare them? And really kind of directing it at them. It's to your point, like remembering we have the same goal. Mm -hmm. We really have the same goal. And I think it's just how we get there and how we see ourselves on that like journey of getting there is what's different just based on our own personal experience. But yeah, I really love that because I feel like people can use that in really any moment, whether it's in business, with family, friends. And yes, I think you're right. Everyone just wants to be seen so important. I want to pivot. I want to talk about beekeepers. I am in awe of the new products that have come out and are coming out. And what I love so deeply and respect so deeply is the science behind it. And I know we're in kind of a zeitgeist of like, where's the science? And it does matter. It really does matter, especially when it comes to products that people might assume don't work as well as uh, perhaps pharmaceuticals or just other products. So I really respect your company and I know and I can imagine how much time that takes, how much money that takes in order to effectively test these products um, and provide real science to support their effectiveness. So bring us up to speed because again, I was chewing on our honey, your honey sticks way back when. (laughs) And I've just like really, really enjoyed everything that's come out since then. So where are you now? What's coming out? Um, And then we'll kind of go back from there because I feel like people need a little 101 in a moment. So just for anyone who didn't hear our first episode, which was like a few years ago. We were in my old apartment (laughs) in West LA. Wow. How many years ago was that? I want to say like two and a half, three. Okay. Yeah. So Beekeepers Naturals is a health and wellness company. We sit at the intersection of science and nature. So our whole goal is to make remedies, solutions, you know, medicine, but also different tools that you can use on a daily basis to support your overall health. Um, but we we engineer them using the scientific rigor that you typically see in the pharmaceutical world. So we have great, <laughs> pretty intense research teams. We um, Everything that we are building and creating is based on third-party studies. Everything's you know rooted in science and all of our ingredients, again, are natural. And for me, this started when I started beekeeping. When this is, I started beekeeping in 2012. Um, I did a semester abroad when I was in college. I was really sick. I went into a pharmacy when I was in Florence and I was given propolis. And it was the first time something worked for me. And I had no idea what the word propolis meant, even though it was like very common in Europe. Mm. Like, you know, it wasn't a health food store. It was like just a corner pharmacy. So I had that experience with the product, became obsessed with bee products, went down this like 
crazy intense research rabbit hole, came back to North America to finish up college, started beekeeping. And I started making all these things for myself, not thinking about starting a company, just focused on curing myself. Um, and I did. I completely changed my health. I completely changed my immune system. You know, I fell madly in love with the bees. Mm. Beekeeping is still one of my greatest joys. Um, I don't get to do it as often as I'd like to these days, but it's it's very special to me. Do they have, side note, be, yeah. do they have hives or in downtown? Is there like a... There, there's there's a lot of like urban hives. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. We'll get yeah. back to that. Mm-hmm. I took all of our beekeeping for the first time when we were in California. That cool. was really, really fun. Um, but yeah, so I was able to change a lot of my health issues mm. uh, by drawing on these different more medicinal compounds that come from the hive. So going beyond honey, looking at things like propolis, which is the immune system of the hive. Um, things like royal jelly, which is the food of the queen bee in the beehive, mm. but for humans has an incredible impact on the brain. It's amazing for focus, memory, concentration. It's a nootropic. Um, Pollen, which is kind of like nature's multivitamin. And then, you know, of course, not to forget honey, but I did a ton of... I I basically went down this crazy rabbit hole and I was like, oh my gosh, we have a very long human history using these tools. The first recorded human use of propolis dates back to 300 BC. There is a ton Mm. of of science substantiating the effects, whether it affects our immune system, our gut health, you name it. And there's not a lot of products with these in North America. And, you know, I had my whole experience with Western medicine, Eastern medicine, you know, my my own health issue. And I was like, what if I just built a health company that actually worked and solved all my problems and was like gluten-free and dairy-free and refined sugar-free and clean and good for the environment. And I basically just was like, what if I created my dream that I wish existed? So that's what Beekeepers Naturals is. Um, you know, our, our goal is to create different tools that people can use on a daily basis mm. to support their health. So, you know, starting with our propolis spray, that's, I'm, the most addicted to propolis in the world. So (laughs) I can go through those bottles. Um, But propolis, it's, like I said, it's a substance the bees make. They collect plant and tree resins. They mix it with their enzymes and they make this sticky amber colored substance called propolis. You can think of it as the immune system of the beehive. So for humans, propolis is a great way to support your immune health. It's anti-inflammatory. It's full of antioxidants. Um, it's something that I use every single day to just support my immune system. And then if I am feeling run down, I'll just, you know, double up on my sprays. Uh, I think propolis is a really incredible ingredient that whether you're using Beekeepers Naturals propolis or propolis from somewhere else, I think everyone should be incorporating propolis into their routine. So that's kind of my favorite, my only little propolis spiel. But we just came out with a product yesterday called Bee Biome. It is a mm. complete gut health product that we've been working on this for a few years now. Um, it takes us a really long time to bring products to market because we go through so much on the behind the scenes side with testing and development. So we really want to make sure it works for all the things we say it's going to work for. Um, if we're not bringing people things, let's say, that do what they say they're going to do, then you know we're not doing anything. So our Bee Biome product, it's a prebiotic, probiotic, and postbiotic. So it addresses all levels of digestive health. Mm. We've got propolis in there as a prebiotic. Propolis is also really great for inflammation. It's really great for leaky gut. Um, People use propolis often for candida, 
because it contains a compound in it called pinocembrin, which actually acts as a fungicide. Mm. But yeah, propolis constrains the junctures in the lining of the guts. It's really great for inflammation of the intestines. Uh, it's a great, it's an amazing tool for your immune system, but it also has some profound effects on gut health. So it is a prebiotic. So propolis is our prebiotic in our B biome capsules. And then we have a spore-based probiotic. Um, spore-based probiotics, they tend to survive the digestive tract much better than other ones. Um, so we use the best-in-class probiotic that we could possibly find. We're working with the best, I can't say their name, but we're working with <laughs> the uh, top creators in the world for probiotics. Wow. Um, and then our postbiotic, it's a compound called tributrate and it's absorbed by the colon. Mm. So it really helps with like bloating, digestion. So anyways, this is a probiotic product, probiotic, prebiotic, postbiotic product that addresses all levels of gut health. And it's been really interesting. In our trials, we've seen it really be beneficial for people with, um, with irritable bowel syndrome, with colitis, with acid reflux, my partner, oh my gosh, he was on Dexalin for like a decade and he's now fully off it. So that's exciting. Wow. For me, I was telling, I was <laughs> telling you this before, when I first got here, I uh, did a pizza experiment where I had a full Ruby Rosa to myself and I was like not that bloated and I legitimately get sick when I eat gluten. Wow. Um, so, you know, I can't be doing that because gluten is not ideal for me, but it's really uh, a great way to support your overall digestive health. And I'm just like, I could go on, I'll stop here, but I could go on and on about that product. I'm really excited about it. And then our lozenges, which I just am obsessed with because lozenges are delicious and it's a great way to get propolis, zinc, vitamin D. When looking at lozenges on the market, I was like, this is crap. Like it's like hauls and recoil and candy, you know? I can't. And then even on the natural side, you look at it and it's like, six mm. grams of organic cane sugar. I'm like, hey, that's that's candy then. I don't know. Yes, want that. yes. So we made a lozenge. It's got one gram of sugar per lozenge, zero refined sugar. It comes from honey and monk fruit and propolis is in there too. Um, and then it's propolis, zinc and vitamin D. So it's a great way to support your immune health, to soothe the scratchy throat if that's what you're dealing with. Um, get your zinc and vitamin D. They taste really yummy. Uh, so those are some of our new products. But we're trying to really... You know, I used to say reinvent the medicine cabinet or disrupt the medicine cabinet. And then I realized that medicine is too narrow. We're looking at health and wellness. Mm. We're not just looking to like, yes, sure, we make cough syrup and we have things to take when you're sick that are going to be really supportive. But we also have things on an everyday basis. And how we go about building our product line is we're looking at all the pillars of health. We're looking at pain. We're looking at uh, brain health. We're looking at sleep. We're looking at energy. We're looking at immunity. We're looking at the gut. We're looking at cognitive. We're looking at all the pillars of health and saying, how can we support people in these different areas? What are people struggling with? Um, something that's really awesome is we have a really great feedback loop with our customers. We're like mm. constantly pulling them and asking them what issue they wanted us, they want us to solve. So, you know, we did, we were like pulling people, I think this was like two or three years ago. And gut health was like a big concern. So I was like, okay, let's get working on a gut health product. And, you know, three years later, here it is. <laughs> wow. It's, yeah. I mean, I feel like anyone and everyone I talk to has a gut issue. And it's really overwhelming, I think, with so much information out there and just advertising different things. And you don't really know what is for you, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but I, I haven't heard of a postbiotic. So that just to 
hit that home, that is for when it when it hits the intestines and that's... Yeah, so it's absorbed by the colon. Okay. So it's like addressing, I, I think we might be... I mean, I don't know. When we started doing this, we were definitely the only company playing yes. with pre-pro and post. We started R&D on this literally three years ago. So I, I mm-hmm. don't totally know anymore. But um, I don't think many people are doing it or talking about it. But this is like the next wave. Did you know that the drugs we take to manage period cramps were invented in the 1950s and exclusively tested on men? (laughs) What? It's literally outrageous that there hasn't been more innovation when it comes to periods. Deloon is changing that with dietitian formulated solutions that relieve our symptoms while actually supporting cycle health. Because our cycles affect every aspect of our wellness, period pain, mood, sleep, skin, metabolism, energy, and more. I, I don't know about you, but you know, some some months I'm like, oh my gosh, like everything has to stop, but it really can't because I'm experiencing, you know, really bad cramps or headaches, fatigue, you, bloating, you name it. I've really tried a lot of things and while I think I've gotten most of my symptoms under control, it doesn't mean they still don't happen and kind of disrupt my flow. So I was really excited to find Deloon and recommend it to a lot of my friends. And they have been absolutely loving it. I was talking to a friend the other day that experienced like really, really bad periods, cramps, and just all these symptoms. And she was so happy uh, to try Deloon. She's noticed that her symptoms have subsided. They don't last as long. They're not as intense. And she can really just be in her life, which is really nice. So Deloon Nutritional Solutions are dietitian formulated to work with your cycle health, not against it. It'll help you all month long while also relieving your cramps and PMS during your period. Deloon creates effective drug-free supplements for period cramps, PMS, and optimal cycle health. So you can get the relief you need naturally, which I'm all about, and start feeling like your best self. So if you want high-potency, fast-acting supplements for your period cramps, PMS, and really getting your cycle health in its prime top condition, like 92% of their customers report that relief, try Deloon. Leave bad periods behind and start the new year off with 23% off. Go to cyclehealth.com slash almost 30 and use the code almost 30 to get 23% off plus free shipping. If Deloon isn't the right match for you, your money back is guaranteed. That's cyclehealth.com slash almost 30 and use the code almost 30 to get 23% off plus free shipping. And for people, I feel like they are going to have a new perspective on bees, on beekeeping, and just why we should save the bees mm-hmm. overall. So can we break down the hive, the especially what you are using from the hive, yep. and then the bees and kind of a status update? Yeah, we can definitely do that. So I'll give you a little hive 101. I kind of, I'll keep the propolis part short, even though I love to go on propolis tangents. <laughs> so... I'll start with honey because everyone knows and loves honey. So honey for the bees, it's their food. It's their carbs. The bees make honey from floral nectars. So Mm. they have a long tube-like tongue. They suck up the nectar and they carry it back to the hive in their honey stomach. They have two stomachs. One, their honey stomach is basically like a nectar backpack. 
Um, and so they collect the floral nectar, bring it back to the hive. It mixes with their enzymes. They actually use their wings to like fan out the moisture. Uh, they let it ferment and it becomes honey. And yeah, it's their carbs. It's their energy source. For humans, honey is full of antioxidants. It's the healthiest sweetener. It actually is a lower glycemic index than most like than traditional sugar. Mm. So it's a, it's a lot cleaner. It's greats. It's got immune supporting properties. It's antiviral. Um, I actually put honey all over my face all the time because it's a humectant. So it strengthens the moisture barrier of your skin. Um, honey's good for digestion as well. All bee products have some pretty incredible enzymes. Honey's actually the only food on the planet that never expires. They found wow. honey in Egyptian tombs that's still nutritionally intact. Yeah. So that's like what? The enzymes. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. So like when I have, if you've like an upset stomach, that's why, you know, home remedies are like, I don't know. I talk to people all the time. They're like, oh yeah, my grandmother used to give me honey with tea and cinnamon and ginger when my stomach hurt. And I'm like, yeah, that's like, mm-hmm. that's the thing. Um, the enzymes wow. are incredible in, in all bee products really. Um, so that's that's honey. I I use honey for everything. I mean, I have a spoon. I do a spoon of our Bee Powered every day. So Bee Powered, it's a product we have that has all of the superfoods from the beehive in one. So you can think of it as like honey with all of the, with medicinal grade dosages of all the different things that are in the hive. Um, and I just do a spoon of it a day. I sometimes put it in a smoothie, sometimes put it in tea. I often am just like licking a spoon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Same. But yeah, so so that's a good one. So that's honey. And then propolis, I mentioned, it's the immune system of the hive or the medicine of the hive. Um, if the hive wasn't lined in propolis, the bees would not survive. So it's foundational. It comes from plant and tree resin. So think mm. of like sap on a tree. The bees are picking that up, mixing it with their enzymes and using it as the protective substance, the, the nourishing nutritive substance in the hive. And when you think about sap, like sap is the immune properties of the plant. So what propolis literally is, it's the immune properties of the plant mixed with the bee's enzymes. And yeah, it's an incredible immune supporting substance. So it's been used for a very, very long time. You know, Socrates, like it. The first recorded use dates way, way back in the 17th century. It was actually listed in the London Pharmacopedia as an official drug. Um, during the Boer War, they would dress wounds with propolis and honey because propolis has the antibacterial effects. Wow. And then it's really interesting in the hive. Like, So they'll line the entire hive with it. They'll line the inside of the cell walls for newborn baby bees to create a sterile environment. That's we'll have too like a much propolis for me. mat at the front entrance to keep it clean. So I like to think of propolis as like a Swiss army knife for immune health. So wow. yeah, I do three sprays every single day. Um, yeah, it's, you know, people love propolis because it's antiviral, antifungal, antimicrobial, antibacterial. Um, our propolis spray has no sugar, no additives. It's literally propolis, non-GMO vegetable glycerin and water. Uh, and yeah, so the hive would not survive without propolis. It's like the medicine of the hive. And mm. then royal jelly, I like to think of as the brain food of the hive. It's so for the first three to five days of development, newborn baby bees are given royal jelly. It's kind of like breast milk or colstrum. Some people will equate it to that. And then the mm. bees to become queen goes on on just her exclusive royal jelly diet. And it's pretty interesting because on a biological level, the queen bee looks very different from other Big, bees. right? Yeah, much mm-hmm. bigger, stronger. The queen bee is having like 1,500 babies a day versus regular female worker, 
female bees don't have reproductive organs. So the queen bee will live like three to five years versus a regular bee during foraging season will live six to eight weeks. So this royal jelly diet is working its magic for the bees. Um, In Eastern medicine and in the more natural world, royal jelly has been used for anti-aging, for hormonal balance. Mm. Um, Hormonal balance is a big one. So you see a lot of that in traditional Chinese medicine. Um, And then in Western medicine, there have been a few studies on hormonal balance, but the big focus for royal jelly has been brain health. So a study came out of University of Warsaw quite a few years ago now that found that um, consumption of royal jelly actually improves our spatial reasoning. A lot of people use royal jelly for um, concussion protocols, focus, memory, concentration. You see a lot of people who are looking for a more natural way to... um, looking for a natural study aid. We'll use royal jelly for that. For me, it's like how I get in the zone. So we have our Be Smart shots. I love it so much. And those shots are great too because there's no caffeine, no sugar, no weird stuff. It's literally royal jelly and then two plant-based adaptogens. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to find like, what is the most effective compound from Mother Earth that has a shitload of science substantiating it. <laughs> and so that's what we do. So be smart. It's royal jelly plus Bacopa monnieri, which is an extract from a leaf mm. um, that's very common in Ayurvedic medicine. And then ginkgo biloba, which is an extract from a tree that's really big in traditional Chinese medicine. So you've got the adaptogens to help with the stress response. You've got royal jelly in there to help support overall brain functioning. Royal jelly is really cool too because it supports brain-derived nootropic factor. Um, and it contains acetylcholine, which is a neurotransmitter responsible mm. for brain-body connection. So that's basically royal jelly helps you focus, get in the zone. Yes. <laughs> so I love it for that. And then pollen, I'll just really quick, pollen you can think of as the multivitamin of the hive. Mm. It's the bee's protein source. The bees are literally going flower to flower and collecting pollen. You know, when you see a picture of a bee and it has like the pollen on their hips. Yes, so the pollen cute. pants, it's really cute. Those are called pollen pants. <laughs> so cute. And so they're mixing it with their <laughs> enzymes. Um, they bring it back to the hive and bee pollen, it has broad spectrum multivitamins. It's got more protein per weight than any animal source. I like to sprinkle it basically on everything from like salads to smoothies to granola. Um, but yeah, so that's a hive breakdown. And then in terms of how the bees are doing. So... Let me start by saying the bees pollinate one third of our food supply. So without the bees, (laughs) our ecosystem is completely distorted. Um, They're kind of like the pillars of our environment because Mm. things simply can't grow. Everything from almonds to blueberries to, you know, I think it's 40% of wildflowers require bee pollination. Wow. Um, So, you know, they're, they're critical for our food supply, for our environment. And over the past, you know, many years now, the bees have been in decline. Um, the number one culprit, and there's a lot of debate around this, but in my opinion, it's pesticides. So in 2006, when DDT was taken out of the game, it was replaced by a substance called neonicotinoids. It's a neuroactive substance and it's the most common class of pesticides used in America. There are places that have banned it in Europe, in Canada, in certain places they've instituted a partial ban. Part of why we work all over the globe is because we work with apiaries that are pesticide free. Mm -hmm. And it can be tricky for us to find apiaries that are truly pesticide free because organic is not, um, organic's not intense enough of a measure for us at beekeepers. 
we do third-party pesticide testing on all of our products to ensure that there is no pesticide in our end product and it ensures that we're creating a safe habitat for our bees. Uh, but yeah, pesticides are really problematic. I'm hoping that there is more momentum in the US to get away from neonicotinoids. Why, um, why are they, why do they use that? It's just really widely used. I mean, there's because, a lot of... Because it, it kills other so, insects? Yeah, so it's, it's efficient. So it will, it will stop, like, let's say you're a blueberry grower. Um, you put neonicotinoids on your plants and, you know, other insects aren't going to be there eating the blueberries or, you know, it will, it will get pests away. It will allow you to, you know, be effective. But there's also studies that show that there's, you know, natural ways to do that and that that isn't necessarily the best path. But, you know, these are very large pesticide companies that mm-hmm. have deep roots in the US. I was on a panel, I was at the Forbes Agrotech Summit and I actually sat on a panel with someone from Bayer um, and their job within Bayer, Bayer is a, for anyone who doesn't know, it's a very, just Google it. It's like a massive pesticide company. If you Google it and you'll see the logo, you'll probably recognize mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. It's like huge their job there was on the pollinator awareness committee or something like they these pesticide companies have hired people to be like be health environmentalists and we had a very interesting lively debate um, but it's really important for consumers to understand this understand the importance of the bees in our ecosystem and do what they can to petition against pesticide use and also you know just don't use pesticides in your home, you'd be surprised what's being sprayed on your front lawns. It's not good for your kids, your pets, for you. Obviously terrible for our environment. So something I encourage people to do is to, you know, get create some awareness around what's being used in their own environment mm-hmm. and move away from pesticides. Um, other things you can do, planting, planting clean flowers, heirloom seeds, untreated seeds, local plants. Giving that what you're doing is giving the bees clean food because so much mm. is sprayed right now, yes. which is problematic. And then to the extent you can, supporting, you know, pesticide-free growers. So whether that means organic, biodynamic, local, whatever it is, just supporting growers who are growing things in the right way. It's really hard with pesticides though with bees because this is why we work in like such remote geographies. I was gonna ask that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is why my life is really hard. <laughs> because what is the radius that yeah. you have to monitor? Because the bees will forage for a five mile radius. Okay. So just because, you know, sometimes not to say that all organic is problematic, but just because you're buying something like you're buying honey that says organic, it doesn't mean it's pesticide free. Because just because those bees, their hive sits on org- certified organic ground, uh. if they fly next door and, you know, within a five mile radius, there's like, anything dirty happening, they will potentially pick up those flowers and pick up, you know, the nectar and the pollen and the sap and all those things. So that's why you third-party test the what's yeah. coming from the hive. Yeah. And we work in really remote locations. Okay. So like, you know, we're working in like, like we have an apiary in the Rockies in Canada. Wow. There's not a lot going on. Other than wow. RBs. And they, they, they like the cold? Is it cold? They hibernate. Oh, yeah. So okay. we'll, we'll wrap the hives during the winter. We have bees. We have bees in parts of the world that are hot that you know are going Dang. live all year, and then um, we'll wrap our hives if it's in cold geographies. But they hibernate inside. Wow. It's really cute. They actually like what the bees do to stay warm over the winter is they'll hibernate and they like flutter their wings and they generate a lot of heat. It gets pretty 
are in hot in that hive. I mean, the goings on of the hive is so the interesting. coolest thing ever. It's so, yeah, I know. <laughs> ever. <gasps> to like line where the babies are going to be with propolis and the little propolis mat when they walk in the So smart. What? So smart. Wow. Yeah, I yeah. want to tell you something, but yes. sometimes people tell me this is like a gross story. So. No, it's okay. You can tell me. Okay, so <laughs> if an intruder gets in the hive like a mouse, which can happen. Really? Yeah, like a mouse. I mean, it doesn't... If I was a mouse, I would never go in a hive. Well, the smell of like okay. honey, all that stuff, it's delicious. Got it. So that doesn't happen with our hives. This happened to me when I was starting my beekeeping journey. Our hives are like very well maintained. This is when I was like a hobbyist beekeeper, 21 years old in college. I had like one hive in the middle of the woods. But if a predator gets in like a mouse, the bees can sting it and kill it. But they can't like physically pick up a dead mouse and carry sure. it out of the hive. It's like they just can't do that. And just like humans, if we had a dead body in our living room, we'd get really sick. Like if there was a decaying rodent in the middle of the hive, all the bees would die. And so in that situation, what they would do is they would mummify the mouse in propolis. And it's that powerful of an antibacterial, antimicrobial protective solution that it it like contains all the germs. And yeah. So anyways, when I was beekeeping, when I was 21 years old, I went into a hive and I was like, oh, this is weird. There's just like a chunk of propolis. And, and I like will eat propolis straight <laughs> from the hive. Don't say it. I didn't do this. Don't okay, worry. Okay. I, but like I do, like I literally will like, like pick off a piece of propolis and chew on it like gum when I'm beekeeping. And so I picked this up and my mentor was like, what are you doing? And I was like, look. And then I looked closely and I was like, oh my God. And I was like holding a mummified mouse and I'm so unbelievably scared of rodents. Like really? From, oh my God. It's my big, like from, since I read, so the book 1984, not to spoil yes. that book for people, but like. It's all good. It's yeah. happening now. All good. <laughs> no, but, but the scene with the rodents. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that has like given me nightmares for many, wow. many years. So that was a terrifying experience. But I was like, holy shit. Propolis is powerful. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Yeah. So smart. Yeah. It's it's so smart. I've been like just looking at whether it's in person or even just watching my National Geographic stuff. I'm like, man, oh man, nature is fucking perfect. It, it really is. It's it perfect. really is. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. this has been so much fun. Thank you for being here. And just thank you for just being an incredible partner over the years. I'm like, I feel so lucky to be able to share the brand and the products with people. And it's truly changing people's lives. You know, I think we have these conditions or ailments or challenges with our health and we just take it for what it is and try to live with it. And the fact that you didn't do that, I'm sure for years you were suffering, as you said, but like you really did not give up. And um, yeah, I just, I'm so thankful. I wanted to end with this because I f- you mentioned it a few times and I just, just thought it was so powerful you working with your coach and turning challenges into art. Can you expand upon what that means? And are you turning anything that you're experiencing now into art? Mm, yeah. First of all, thank you again. It's, it's amazing to work with you guys. I love it. Um, so turning things into art. So, I mean, the core of it, like what that's about is that anything that is making you emote 
is something to be recognized. Mm. Whether it's good or bad, sad, happy, angry, whatever. If something's pinging you, like the things in life that we forget that are like non-events to us, we can kind of move on with. But anything that's pinging you, it's like, why is this affecting me so much? And like, what's under this? And it's usually an opportunity. I mean, in my experience, it's like almost always an opportunity. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm kind of working with. What I'm working with is in those moments where I'm really frustrated or something's affecting me, just going into like, what can I do with this? What can I make of this? Sometimes it's like, I feel like I really don't like this person and I need to like go spend time with them Mm. and see what comes of that. And sometimes incredible things can come from that. That's, you know, the most recent experience I've had with that. Sometimes it's getting a better understanding of a part of yourself. Mm. Like there's a part of me that's really resistant to this or that has some story about this situation and how this would affect me. And it's like, changing, actively changing the story. Like my coach had me do an exercise where I rewrote a story. Mm. I had a story about how something was going to play out and this always happens to me and why me, me, me. And I just re- literally rewrote that story. And then, you know, I it's in my phone and I reread it when I'm going down that rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's really just trying to... And it's the... it's very easy to talk about and very hard to do in practice. It's when you're feeling the most triggered, getting like sitting with that feeling for a minute and being like, okay, where is this from? What is this? And then saying, what can I do with it? And sometimes it's literally like, you know, for me, a lot of my products came from that place because it was a lot of like, it was a lot of me feeling physically sick, Mm. me being really frustrated, me spending sometimes thousands of dollars on medicine and therapists and doctors and having no response. And from that place, creating something after. And, you know, so much time being spent thinking, I'm not a doctor, I'm not an expert, who am I to do this? And just having enough experiences that frustrated me where I was like, well, I'm going to find one who can help me. so that's that's kind of what that's about. I don't know if that's yeah, that totally answering. answers the question. Yeah, I think I think you know, oftentimes we try to numb, distract, um, overfunction in order to kind of get through an emotion mm-hmm. or get rid of it. But I think you're right. I think the emotions are really powerful guideposts. You know, if we allow ourselves to feel them and can turn into what we never thought it could t- turn into. Like that having a conversation or hanging out with or spending time with someone who really triggers you or really bothers you. I think that's really... I mean, I'm sure people are listening to this thinking like, I've never done that. I've tried to get as far away from that person as possible. But I think that's really super powerful to spend more time with someone and to get to know that person, but at the same time, and maybe even more so get to know yourself through that experience. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, there are situations where you don't want to spend more time with that person or that's not supportive, but I've had those too. And what I do is I write a letter to them that I never, ever sent, Mm -hmm. you know, stuff like that. But I think every entrepreneur, I mean, you're this, it's, it's about being a problem solver. It's about getting frustrated enough with the way things are and creating something totally different. So if, for anyone who's kind of sitting there frustrated, I would just encourage you to 
really get clear on what you're frustrated about. And if you can create something from that place, whether it, it doesn't you know, have to be a podcast or a company, maybe it's just something for yourself. Maybe it's your own growth opportunity. Maybe it's a story that mm. changes the way you react to different people like that in the future and the ripple effect becomes a whole other thing. But from, you know, not to just discount and like submit and react to these emotions, but to think about what they're pushing us or propelling Mm -hmm. us to do and like what kind of beauty can come from this. Yeah. Thank you, my love. Thank you. So good. So good. Where can people find beekeepers if they're out shopping or online and how can they connect with you? Yeah. So beekeepersnaturals.com. All of our products are there. There's tons of information. If you want to learn more about the different health tools we have, about the bees, about the cause, it's all there. Um, Our Instagram is beekeepers underscore naturals. You can also find our products at Whole Foods, at Target, most health food stores, you can find them. And my Instagram is stein.carly. We love to hear from you at Beekeepers. I love to hear from you guys. If there's anything we can help you with, make Mm. for you, please let us know. Beautiful. Thank you. Love you guys. See you next time. (laughs) Thank you so much, Carly Stein. And again, you can get 25% off at Beekeepers. Get all of their products. We love them using the code ALMOST30. And thank you to our other sponsors for this episode. We can't do it without you. BetterHelp, Omaze, Sakara, Issue, Nutribullet, and Osea. You can find all discount information for all of our brands in our show notes. If you love this episode or any episode of Almost 30, please share with a friend. It means a lot to us. Our community is growing every single day. So if you're new, welcome. Mm-hmm. Glad to have you. <laughs> Almost30.com, Almost30podcast on Instagram. Almost30 is also on YouTube, so you can watch us on video. I am on Instagram at It's Krista. And I'm at Lindsay Simsick. We'll see you soon. Bye. <laughs>